This is the ActiveX Back Show from Edinburgh, Scotland's vibrant capital. Hosted by award-winning registered osteopath, author and all-round pain guru, Gavin Routledge. If you want relief or prevention of lower back pain or sciatica, and you want to be healthier, keep listening. The following programme should not be taken as medical advice, but for informational purposes only. Friends, sufferers, fellow humans, lend me your ears so that I may whisper into them. In order to ease your lower back pain and sciatica, this episode is entitled, Should I Get a Second Opinion for Lower Back Pain or Sciatica? In it, very briefly, you will learn how I would make that decision and what to look for when getting that second opinion. So diving straight in, as I said, this will be pretty pretty short and snappy this episode. How would I make the decision whether to get a second opinion or not for lower back pain and sciatica? Well, quite simply, are you pleased with the progress that you're making? So if I'm not pleased with the progress I'm making, I would be asking my practitioner why that is. You know, um, be blunt about it, um, but you can still be diplomatic. I would simply phrase it in ways such as, you know, I'm just concerned that I've had this for a problem for a while. I've been to see you X number of times. I'm not really feeling like I'm making the kind of progress I hoped I would make. Um, what's your read on this? Why is that? You, you know, this is this is not. And as a practitioner, I can tell you, having been in this position before with patients asking me these kind of questions. It's not that uncomfortable, you know, and the chances are, and and I would say it's very, very, very rare that anyone would say that to me now. Much earlier in my career, it did happen as a young osteopath, but almost without exception, when it did happen, looking back, I can tell you that I had a sense that, you know, I wasn't happy with the progress they were making. I just wasn't brave enough, if you like, to um, to to bring that subject up myself. You know, I, I didn't. You know, I just wasn't certain enough in my own skills, knowledge. I didn't know why the person wasn't making progress, and um, yeah, I just wasn't confident enough to raise the subject with them. Now, sometimes I was, and I, and I was very clear about, and and usually when I was brave enough, if you like, to raise that concern, it was that I had already concluded that I felt that I needed to refer them on to someone else for that second opinion. So anyway, a bit of a long-winded way of telling you that you should definitely have that conversation, raise that subject with your existing practitioner. And ideally, what you're looking for from them is concern. Uh, concern that you're concerned, even if they ha- weren't concerned themselves in the first place, the fact that you're concerned at lack of progress should concern them. If they are offhand about it or that you feel afterwards, you know, I didn't really get a satisfactory answer to that, then that for me would definitely be a sign that I would be thinking about going for a second opinion somewhere else. So, if you raise a concern with your practitioner and they are offhand about it or you just don't feel they've taken you seriously, I would definitely take that as a sign that you should be looking for a second opinion. Now, whether you do or not um, approach your existing practitioner, what are the other signs that you should or could and I would take as an indicator that you'd be looking for a second opinion? 
Yeah, it, again, it comes back to lack of progress. If you've been going several times, and especially if the practitioner hasn't given you any kind of estimate about how long it might take to achieve X percent improvement or a kind of landmark improvement so you ought to be able to t you know, tie your shoes by the end of the month. Um, you know, so there ought to be some expectation set fairly early on by the practitioner around what you should expect, whether that's couched in terms of a percentage of improvement or some kind of um, obvious uh, landmark point that you can reach. So if they haven't set that, I would be nudging them, saying, you know, what sort of time span do you think we should be putting on this before I can see that kind of improvement? And those are the kind of broad things I'd be looking for if I were trying to make that decision. You might compare notes with friends who've had back pain, sciatica. The problem with that is we all have slightly different versions. And so just as it may have only taken your pal a couple of treatments at the chiropractor and he was feeling 100%, for you, unfortunately, it may be more like 10 months before you can see a substantial improvement. And that's because your problem is very different to your friend's back pain problem. So bear that one in mind that it's important to for, for all of us to be regarded as individuals and that there is not a one-size-fits-all approach to this. So my way of making that decision, as I've said, is I would raise the subject with the practitioner. If I felt it'd be offhand at all, then I'd be looking somewhere else for that second opinion. Um, if they had taken me seriously but still couldn't give me some kind of reassuring estimate about how long this process might go on, then again, I'd be looking for a second opinion elsewhere. And another element is if I just feel like I'm being strung along. So, you know, if there's some kind of uh, intuitive sense that this just doesn't seem right, I, I'd be looking for a second opinion. Typically nowadays, at my grand old age, again, if I felt intuitively something wasn't right, again, I would raise that with the practitioner. You know, I would give them the benefit of the doubt and give them the opportunity to, in a sense, kind of defend their position. But again, if I felt I hadn't defended it well and weren't allaying my fears and concerns, then, yeah, I'd be looking elsewhere. So that's how I would make that decision, whether to look for a second opinion or not. Finally, what to look for when getting that second opinion? Well, that's a tough one, but uh, here we go. And bear in mind, um, I am biased. Um, you know, I'm in this industry. So, uh, and you know, lots of people will come and see me, sometimes off the back of this podcast. So, yeah, I, I, it is important for me to express that I am biased. So, what to look for? My recommendation to you would not be necessarily to go with the recommendation of a friend. So friends, uh, we're all, uh, just as I confess my bias, we are all, all prone to bias. And bear in mind, and if you haven't heard this comment before, it might make your eyes shoot upwards or your eyebrows shoot upwards. I had a, a uh, tutor when I was an osteopathic student who used to say to us as osteopathic students, who used to dampen our enthusiasm, he'd say, now remember, Gavin, many of your patients will get better despite what you do to them. I know, that really hurt. So 
just because your pal got better much faster by going to see Mrs. McDonald down the road does not mean that you will. It does not mean that Mrs. McDonald even knows what on earth she's doing. Um, you'd like to think that you could take some um, reassurance from the qualifications people have, but I can assure you, I know osteopaths, that's my industry, my profession, that I wouldn't touch with a barge pole, not because they're necessarily dangerous, but because, you know, I frankly don't rate them as practitioners. I don't think they're curious. I don't think they're learning, developing, growing. They're stuck in the way that they work and uh, didactic. Um, you know, they're just, they're just stuck and opinionated often. So again, you know, there's one thing. What do I look for when getting a second opinion? I don't want someone who just tells me this is the way it is without any kind of discussion of the possibilities. Now, sometimes I am absolutely certain what's wrong with people, but if I am, I'll tell you um, how I've reached that conclusion and give you a kind of percentage of certainty. So I may say to somebody, listen, I am 98% certain that this is what is wrong with you. And as such, these are the various contributing factors. And as such, you know, it's up to you which one of those do you want to address. So that brings me on to a second point when looking for a second opinion. I don't want someone who's going to fix me. I want someone who's going to explain to me how I've come to be in the position I am in and empower me to help myself to A, get better and B, prevent recurrence. So I want someone who's specialising in this field of lower back pain or sciatica and will address not just the relief element but also prevention. How do we stop this from happening again? So I don't want a passive approach. I don't want to be told to take pills or injections and surgery. Not that there isn't sometimes a place for those things. But if there is a recommendation to go that route, I want to understand why. So now you might not be like that. You might just want somebody to fix you. Uh, however, I can reassure you that just fixing you is unlikely to last because unless you get to the root cause, the different risk factors for your particular problem and address those and redress them, your problem's likely to happen again. Remember, 60% of lower back pains recur within 12 months. So it's really important, I would argue, that you see someone for that second opinion who will explain to you what the various causes, risk factors are for your pain and how to reduce them in the long term. So that's what to look for when getting a second opinion. I want someone who's going to explain things to me in a way that I can understand and share the decision making with me around what I want to do about that and how to go about it and support me in that process. Okay, um, I'm sure I could have taken this in different directions, but that's the one I've covered. If you have any questions, please fire them into me either on Twitter or Facebook at ActiveXBacks. If you would like support in helping to work out which exercises are best for the relief of your back pain, you can use our chat bot, which is at www. 
sure you could have guessed that one, active-x.co.uk. It's under the resources tab, chat button. We'll even send you the exercises. Or you can book an online or in-clinic consultation if you want a personal approach. If you can get yourself along to Edinburgh's West End, we are five minutes from the Haymarket Railway Station by foot. Um, but as I say, equally, you can engage with us online for a consultation. And there is evidence that uh, online consultations are at least as effective as in-person, particularly for people with long-standing problems, which you may well be if you're looking for a second opinion. And finally, please give us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to this podcast. It is greatly appreciated. It helps people like you who are suffering like you to find us. Thank you. And speak to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the ActiveX Backs show. If you found this helpful, please pass along our web address to your friends and colleagues, active-x.co.uk. And please leave us a positive review on iTunes. If you have any questions related to lower back pain or sciatica, send them in and Gavin will aim to answer them in future episodes. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at ActiveXBacks.